0: yourselves men and women of planet earth come as you are from work from taverns from study science hall and all that exists come all who are weary of their status quo bored hungry unsatisfied join us today at conscious speaks hello everybody it's kelly J, host of conscious speaks and today we have an amazing audio healing experience to create with you, spirit-led, all the way from Maui, the Reverend Dr. Shara Schisler goff Sarah went from considering leaving the priesthood to co-creating her dream ministry, not only once, but twice so far. In her new book, The Art of Feminine Leadership, you will learn tools for letting go of your impulse to be nice and do it right by following your instincts and truth, accepting all parts of yourself and embodying a different way of leading Navigating unhealthy power dynamics and transforming patriarchal systems, giving yourself fully to the parts of your ministry that excite you, and letting go of the rest. Sarah's intention for today is to present, tell the truth, tell her story, and create a space of community where women can come together to tell the full-on ugly, scary, and beautiful truth. Let's all take a big, soft breath in, And a slow exhale out and give a warm, conscious welcome to Reverend Dr. Sarah. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm good. How are you, Kelly? Oh, I'm doing great. Welcome to the show. Welcome
1: to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Wow. You know, I'm so excited. It's a spirit-led connection, ultimately and perfectly in so many ways, completely spirit-led. Today, I wanted to- Definitely. (laughs) Today, I want to dive right into, we have so much to cover and it's, uh, you know, there's so many good things for our listeners to to find out about you and your journey, you know, of becoming ordained in the Episcopalian church as a woman, um, you know, going and, you know, moving from Maryland to Maui, you know, really (laughs) learning how to love yourself. You know, your book, it's titled The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest and Create a Ministry You Love. (laughs) I think that kind of puts an exclamation point on what you're doing (laughs) tell us a little bit about that
1: (laughs) well so yeah so I'm an Episcopal priest I've been ordained uh for about 10 years and you know when I first felt the beginnings of a recognition of a call to ordination and to the priesthood you know I I looked around and I saw a lot of men (laughs) I didn't see a lot of um models for ministry that I felt I could emulate or step into. You know, I I grew up Episcopalian. I knew that women could be ordained in, in our tradition, you know, in theory, um, but it wasn't until I went to seminary that I actually met another female priest and then met many of them. And, you know, together we have been, since then, I think, building a a tribe of sister priests to walk this journey together, because, you know, we're all, we're all in different contexts. We all have different ways that we're living at our priesthood, but just by dint of the fact that we are women, there's something a little bit different about us than the traditional mold. So I have found that it's been really important to have those connections and those sisters in ministry because, you know, basically we're all making it up (laughs) as we go along and being able to see ourselves reflected back in one another, um, has been really important for, especially for me trying to figure out what does it mean for me to be a priest who's relatively young. I was ordained when I was 28. I'm 20, I'm 37 now (laughs) and, um, and queer and, you know, it's, it's not exactly when you think of the typical priest or Episcopal priest, you don't necessarily picture me. So I right. had to, um, I, I even had to do some work to kind of get past that and move through that before I was able to say, yes, the call.
0: Right. I mean, so many things uh, just stuck out to me there. First of all, super priests, right? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, it's so amazing. Cause we do have superpowers. You know, I, 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 I love being the main one, right? But when I was mm. getting ready for the show, I thought, ah, you know, the two things that really came out for me that, you know, I wanted to kind of, you know, you can't get around them. One was the word priest. And the second mm. was patriarchy, right? And I thought, let me yeah. go look up priest because no matter what, I I hear because of the way I've been conditioned growing up, um, I hear priest, I think, man, I do, totally. right? And it just doesn't flash woman in front of me. And I looked up the a definition and the definition says person. Priest is a person whose office is oh. to perform religious rites and especially to make sacrificial offerings. You know, a mm-hmm. person ordained to the sacerdotal or pastoral office, a member of the clergy ministry. Right. But it says person. It doesn't say male. It doesn't say man. Right. Right. Right, and I, and and that's a that's a really big thing when it comes to conditioning. When people out there, like you said, I had to find my face a mirror of my sister's, and uh, mm. that's a pretty big jump to all of a sudden find yourself in when you're called there already and you don't have that mirror. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, you know, I like I said, I I felt this called to the priesthood it, but I didn't it took a long time for me to even really figure out what that meant. <laughs> and even all through seminary I was still very much in discernment of what does it mean to be a priest? And the thing is, in the in our day in the twenty first century, you know, the the church, what it means to be church, what the church looks like is changing very rapidly. So it was interesting, even the, the, our professors, the people around us, the quote unquote experts, they were all saying, you know, we're not sure what it's going to look like to be a priest in the next 10 years. And, you know, that actually kind of excited me because it meant that there was some room and some space for people like me to step in and try new things, um, to, to be a new thing. Um, and, you know, it's definitely been a journey. I'm still discovering what it means and what it looks like. Uh, but it's been a real a real blessing to, to be able to claim that um, and to find myself really accepted by the other women clergy. You know, we have, like I said, we are definitely finding each other and supporting each other um and that's been really key and helpful for me in my own discernment in my own ministry.
0: Everybody out there thank you for listening. I'm so excited to have Sarah Schistler-Goff, Reverend Dr. Sarah, with on the show today. We are talking about her book, her new book that she just uh, released, and it's available on Amazon. It's called The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest and Create a Ministry You Love. And um, It's an amazing book that she's also going to gift to anyone who reaches out today. She's left the, the number open so you can win or claim your um, autographed copy of her book, and we'll give you the information on how to do that a little bit later um, with her email. We were talking about, yeah. you know, being a super priest. We were talking about mirrors <laughs> of women and sisterhood and um, and and how that really helped you find your place after, you know, your mm-hmm. calling to come to the church.
1: Yeah. You know, you know it some- was little things. Like, I remember um, one of the first services... Anglican services that I uh, went to when I, so I went to Yale Divinity School and Berkeley Divinity School is the uh, Ang- Episcopal Seminary at Yale so I was kind of duly enrolled and uh, one of the first services masses of the year the uh, assistant dean celebrated the Eucharist and she happened to be a woman and a young woman and I remember just watching her celebrate the Eucharist and I happened to notice her hands, you know, when she had them held up in the, in the aurons position. And I thought, oh, those look like my hands. And it was Mm -hmm. a very simple, you know, ordinary thing, but something in me, like something clicked, like, oh, my hands could do that, right? Like, I could see myself in that role. And it was, it was little moments like that in a lot of ways that over the years made me feel more like... Oh, I could, I could do this. I could, I could be this, right? Like I just brought home to me the importance of being able to both see glimpses of what could be. And then on the other side of that, I was just talking to some of my clients this morning about, you know, envisioning their desires for their ministry and how it is that we, we connect to God's desire for us and how we do discernment and, in a lot of ways, we have, we, it's not our job to figure out all of the details, right? Yes. Like, if we were in charge of planning every step along the way from where we are to where God is calling <laughs> us, I mean, it's just, it's not even possible. I think part of us thinks that's our job or that yeah. we should be able to figure it out. But, you know, God, the universe is always working in ways way beyond we could ever imagine. But when you, Allow yourself to connect to maybe that seed deep within you or that vision that you feel like the thing you feel like you've been called to do, which maybe feels a little crazy, like being an episcopal priest. <laughs> if you can hold that vision in your mind and right. find a way to find a way to say yes to it, whatever it could look like, then then all of a sudden like the space opens up both in you and around you. And then God can start doing, can I swear on your program? Nope. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I caught myself. God I'm so proud of you. Stuff. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> God starts doing all this stuff, right, to, to yeah. help that come into being. Yeah. So it's be well, both the end of like, yeah. Of it's so true. You, and it, co-creating, it, and envisioning, but I mean, I mean, we're not going to make it happen all on our own. We don't, we don't plan all this all the details, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I could... Go back to the Eucharist. Did I say it right? The Eucharist. Um mm-hmm. when I was reading that in your book, I was so touched because it was like it was something that I don't know. And I thought, oh, I wonder yeah. if she if, I wonder if she'll say that prayer on the show. Like I was so <laughs> touched by that prayer because I'm like, Yes, yes, you know, my deepest desires are known. And and like you said here, we have to hold on to the one tangible thing that we know. This is the I wanna yeah. enter the priesthood, God'll take care of the rest, you know. So, you wrote in your book, sometimes the church is not ready, but God is, right? Right. And it's that and blind faith. Yeah. It's not blind, though, is it, really?
1: Well, I mean, faith, you know, the uh, assurance of things hoped for and and of things unseen. I mean, it's not completely seen, so in a way it, it can feel blind.
0: Yeah. Something just kind of went across my strand. Like it's not truly blind because the blind can see with their feelings, right? Mm. They see color and they feel context and vibration. So it just kind of came to me, but that's that seed that you talked about that we plant, right? The seed has the vision is what's coming to me. It's really beautiful, your journey. And, And I really love that you are a woman priest. I'm I've been fascinated with religion my whole life, and for me to, to, again, still think when you hear the word priest, you think of a man, um, you don't think right. of a woman, to know that there are women in the priesthood, but to really not know any, um, and right. then to have you and the group you know, of women that are like you out there, blind, right, those seeds that are planted uh, for us, to, for God to work through, for the, sometimes the church is not ready, but God is way that's coming, Right. Mm. that feels good that feels good you wrote in your uh, book it says when I first started writing this book I had a picture in my mind of the person who would be reading it she, yes she, was a minister in a Christian denomination like the Episcopal Church she had been ordained for a decade or so and in that time she had experienced the typical highs and lows that come with the life of ministry but there was more going on with her and in her than meets the eye Perhaps her dissatisfaction ran deeper than she let on, maybe even to herself. She was finally admitting to herself just how frustrated she really was. And yet, at that time, same time, how hopeful.
1: Can you expand on that a little? Mm. Well, which part? (laughs) (laughs) So hopeful. (laughs) Uh, Still hopeful. So the, the net, my next book, the book I'm working on right now, the working title is I Love the Church, I Hate the Church, <laughs> right? <'Cause laughs> this cycle back and forth, the both seemingly oppos- opposite things that are true at the same time, because, you know, w- as women, we are leaders in an institution that is, still in many ways fundamentally a patriarchal institution and you know anyone who goes through the process of becoming ordained you know you've you've seen behind the curtain right like you've (laughs) you've been in the belly of the beast already or so you think so you kind of know okay you know this isn't going to be perfect like people humans are humans we're all still working on our own issues we all have internalized sexism and racism and homophobia, like, you know. Yeah. And yet the call, because it's from God, is rooted in love. So the the draw, the impulse is to say yes. You know, it's funny, when I was in seminary, there was a, maybe, I don't know if it would be fair to say there was a mix, 50-50. Half of us were fresh out of college, maybe had taken a year off. You know, we were twenty. Three, 24 25 we were babies or we there were that we were second career folks right the people who had felt the call probably likely when they were in their late teenage early 20s right but the church was like mm, maybe you should go get some life experience
2: uh
1: come back to us make sure that you, this is really what you want to do. Um, and then the other half of those, you know, second career folks were just, yeah, maybe I'm called to this, but are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to just, I'm not sure. I, I don't think I really want to go there. Let me try something else. Anything else (laughs) (laughs) other than, you know, saying yes to this particular call. In fact, I had in one of my, uh, one of my discernment, meetings. It was kind of an interview, but kind of not really. One of the older clergy folks said to me, as I was still discerning, you know, is this, is this really what God is calling me to? He said, if you can do anything else, <laughs> if you can be anything else other than a priest, go do it. Uh-huh. And I really took that to heart. Um, I still think that sometimes it's still my marker of, is this still really what it is? Um, you know, and I make it, I might, I don't mean to make it out to sound like some terrible, awful thing, but it's actually really incredibly wonderful. It's, it's all, but it's both of those things. It's all of those things all at once. And I, I think, think that's, that's what makes I, it real
0: that you you, know, if, you, if you were yeah. saying anything else, I, I don't think it would be, it wouldn't connect so much because it is the way life is right now. There's this huge, you know, agitation of growth and you're already coming into a place where it's pretty much, you know, well, you're kind of skating in the back door, but the back door is how we get into the front room. Right.
1: Right. Well, and it may just, it may also just speak to how you, how a person knows if something is truly their vocation, right. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be terribly wonderful. Right. There's a
0: terribly wonderful. I like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're realizing like, Oh, this is, because there's a weightedness to it, right? Like the the va- the vastness, the intensity of like living your calling which is built into discerning ordination. I think what, if you're discerning your vocation in life, you're going through the same thing. Is this the thing that I have to do? And it it's not going to be easy <laughs> always. <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, I'm sure I wonder if that resonates with you with your own calling to your radio show and to being a spiritual leader.
0: I was just thinking, you know, I was agreeing with you that when we are called to to work with and for God, it's it's never easy. As we were talking about um, the other day, I mentioned the book, the autobiography by uh, Mother Teresa. And um, Mm. it's it's that it's Again, we'll go back to faith, right? It's a blind faith, the unseen. We go back to a society that um, there's so many veils each time we get to a certain breaking point of population, everything changes again. And so there's a lot of um, unrest. And so mm-hmm. you have to break through it again, right? Like you talked about going through, I mean, the book that you've written is really beautiful because it helps you still love what you want to do in a way that is the most poignant way that you can do what you want to do when it feels hard and like the only one there is you sometimes supporting yourself. You know, you have your family and friends, but you know, there's this call that you can't deny. And uh, so it does come down to a spiritual awakening, literally, you know, you might be called, but there's spiritual awakenings that have to happen for us to continue to hear the call further. Would you agree? Or does that sound similar? Oh, absolutely. It's
1: always an, an ongoing process, which is something I've been thinking about recently, the way that it felt at the beginning of my ordained life. You know, you spend so much time going through this discernment process and the assumption is kind of like, well, now that's over. Right. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, right <laughs> the I'm curtains are. Freak, <laughs> right. right and, now what do you do? Right.
1: <laughs> well, and discernment is always ongoing. Discernment is part of being. A human being we're always like every step we take we're discerning but and we talked about this the other day right whether you're conscious of it or not you are in discernment you're in co-creation and mm-hmm. then the spiritual awakening is waking waking up to oh this is what I'm doing this is what's happening and we can be more intentional
0: and more intentional we could be more deliberate with our intentions mm-hmm. and it's really you know interesting that it's one step at a time it's you know discernment really for any for our audience and guests that are out there listening you know discernment I love words so I looked it up is the faculty Mm -hmm. of discerning discrimination acuteness of judgment and understanding the act or an instance of discerning and so Mm -hmm. when we're constantly in the flow of you know evaluating and working with ourselves to one take the veils down to learn to you know to work through conditioned judgments right the ocular the um the the, the human ones that are, you know, of our lower nature. Um, mm. All of those things we're, we're working with as we come up through our evolution, which is birth through, you know, to the point where you get to where you think, you know, like for you, you you've, you've been ministered, now what do I do, right? <laughs> I've, got, right. Um, I've got the radio show and I, and I love what I do, what do I do? There's always something we have to atone to, within us to move forward.
1: Well, uh, Right. There's always more growth. There's always more transformation. There's always more.
0: There's always more. Right. And sometimes that, that can be a little bit overwhelming and and you can get tired, but you get right back up.
1: Oh, it's totally overwhelming. (laughs) 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 And I love, you know, yeah, I mean, it might be why clergy, at least in my experience, it, it can, it feels a little bit like, okay, great. I've had my, the servant process. I've had my spiritual growth. I've had my dark night of the soul, one or two. And now <laughs> I can, now I get to lead other people through their spiritual journey. And yes, in a way that is it, but you don't stop yours, no. which means you can't stop paying attention to yours, which right. because when, you know, the church has been institutionalized and We have buildings to maintain, and we have budgets to fund. Ministry can feel a lot like all of that stuff, and that stuff can take up a lot of time and energy and focus, and we can start to think that's what being the church is, that the leader forgets or doesn't have time or puts their own spiritual growth, if not on the back burner, at least on the side burner. But I really... I found that that is really kind of dangerous because the work we're doing is, I mean, to say that you work for God, like that's pretty intense. That's pretty heavy. So yes. that relationship <laughs> needs to be primary. Yes. And yes, I yes. Think <laughs> a lot of, you know, a lot of us, I do believe a lot of us go into ministry because we think, wow, my job will be to pray and to have my spiritual life will be my job yes which is what we want it's why we signed up for this and then and then there's vestry meetings and committee meetings like oh my god so many committee meetings right That <laughs> it,
0: so, me it, it makes me just so, it makes me think about what you said when you start ministering we can't think that that's part of our our, our of our own you know seeking and and transforming and tending and and grooming of our vine on the tree right we can't get lost mm. in that and um you know there was a quote in your book i know we're going to go to a commercial here real quick but there was a quote and i don't and i it's not in front of me right now you'll probably remember it but um where was it where you talked about if if your fruit is if your if your tree is not bearing fruit then you you're not trusting god or you're not trusting yourself Mm. and i thought wow that just blew me away right because as you know when you're working with god for god or you're you know working in transformation and doing spiritual work it seems like you're trusting because you're doing right yeah but there's a difference between doing and being right being with god or doing you know, the work. And so I hear a lot of that coming up through our conversation. Everybody who's out there listening, oh my gosh, I am speaking to the wonderful Reverend Dr. Sarah Sisler-Goff. And she is such an amazing person that I decided this morning through God, I didn't decide it was a message from the divine (laughs) that we're going to create a three-part series with her to talk about the art of feminine leadership. We're going to talk about self-love and, and and we're going to talk about going slow and so we, as she graciously agreed i sent her a message i don't know how early it was this morning do you know you must have got it when you woke up
1: it was early here i was so excited though i'm thrilled
0: <laughs> yes i thought i was sitting here and i'm like there's too much this is too good i, I want this to carry on oh my gosh it's a three-part series so everybody hang on." It yeah me too hang on we're gonna go to commercial real quick here and um we'll be back but what i wanted to say is uh that you know the art of feminine spiritual leadership to be a badass priest and create your create a ministry you love you can find that on amazon.com and when we stay with us through this break when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more just get to know sarah a little bit more we're making this a three-part series it's a journey we're diving in we're not rushing we're going slow so stay with us we'll be right back
2: Sarah Schisler-Goff went from considering leaving the priesthood to co-creating her dream ministry not only once, but twice. In The Art of Feminine Leadership, you learn the tools to help guide you. Do you feel like you spend more time being a professional fixer than a spiritual leader? Are you struggling to rekindle the joy in your ministry? Do you feel called to do things differently but are not sure what that means? Do you desire to step into your power, claim your strengths, and stop apologizing for having something world-changing to say? If so, then you have been called for exactly this moment. Just as the church is undergoing a great shift, so are you. It's time to become the leader you were born to be. Pick up your copy of The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love at Amazon.com. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com.
0: Welcome back everyone to Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW. This is Conscious Speaks and we are live every Thursday with Kelly J, that's me. And if you are just joining the conversation, we are talking with Rev, Dr. Sarah Sisler Goff in the art of feminine spiritual leadership, be a badass priest and create a ministry you love. And uh, there's a quote that Sarah had in the book I love. It says, the spiritual life entails constant work on our relationship with ourselves, each other, God, and all creation welcome back to the show Sarah
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: oh you're so welcome I'm so excited I'm excited that we're doing a three-part show too you know when I read the quote here it tells me it reminds me of something that we were talking about and it's about how sometimes we leave ourselves last and, and especially mm-hmm. in the ministry you're taught that put yourself last can
1: you speak on that
0: or will you speak well, on that no.
1: sure <laughs> especially in the ministry and i think especially as women you know we we get taught to to put ourselves last or to at least put others first um and the thing is you know putting others in front of yourself before yourself is not inherently wrong it's very loving um but, but when we only live one side of the coin or one half of the duality then It's really hard to stay in flow and stay within the Spirit's guidance. And, you know, when I was in seminary and writing papers all the time, I found that I kept repeating that refrain that you just read. I kept writing it over and over again, That's all about relationships with God, with each other, but also with ourselves, and then also with, with all of creation and the cosmos, which you know feels huge yes um but you know we i think the church has has tried we tried desperately to follow the the guidance the commands that that jesus gave us right you know the two great commandments you should you shall love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength Mm -hmm. and you should love your neighbor as yourself and that was the last thing that was mentioned so that's kind of like we forgot that that are also part of the deal you have to love your neighbor as yourself and i think we really struggle to do that we struggle to to figure out what that is um you know of course there's there's verses in the bible there's theology to support self denial but there's also verses in the bible to support self-love and that we are made in the image of God so loving ourselves is a way that we love God and learn how to then love our neighbor
0: right right but yeah I,
1: the... I found that you know it's it's so much easier in a lot of ways to put focus outside yourself and serve others especially when you're thinking of ministry and how to do ministry but then you end up depleted and burnt out and so many clergy are so so burnt out
0: right it's one of those it, it it reminds me i i had a a guest on the show um dr shimei zhang and she was in the biomedical career and, and again those are mm. people who are tending the flock right people are here to serve for god you know right. healers and she said that they were the least cared for because they were giving, giving, giving and didn't have time to care for themselves.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, my wife's a physician. You know, I I know a lot of doctors. You know, if you're healing other people all the time, it's exhausting, it's depleting, and you have to spend at least as much time replenishing and healing, experiencing your own healing in order to stay in in that service
0: when you were just talking about, you know, that we are made in God's image, I think of, you know, in the book, you talk about imago Deo, which is Latin for divine, like image, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And you said, uh, we are, we are all, we are all divine. We're all graceful. Nothing undoes that. Nothing undoes grace. We are never cut off from our connection, from our source, our power, our truth, our connection to God. Only Mm -hmm. we can cut that off, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. We can cut it off or we can believe it's cut off yeah, right. effectively the same thing.
0: <laughs> when we're, when we, I know in my journey, there's a, there was a, there was dark night of the souls happening before I ever knew what they mm-hmm. were. And I mm-hmm. was very angry at God. And I, um, but I didn't realize I was the one causing that discord. It wasn't him <laughs> or, you know, her, however we choose to reference mm-hmm. the divine source. But, um, mm-hmm. You know, I love how you talk about nothing undoes divine, nothing undoes grace. And we're made in his image, which is divine image, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. When we think about that, yeah. that is
0: self-love, right? And that's where people, I think sometimes, I hate to say, I don't want to generalize people, but that's where we can get lost when we realize to love ourselves is to love is to love God, is to love humanity, is to love our neighbor, is to love the divine image that we are all created in.
1: Yeah, it's really hard for Christians. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still parsing how why that is, but that's what I found, that, you know, well, and I think, I mean, you can find anything you want in, in Christian tradition and history, but... The emphasis has tended toward God as other and Jesus as the only one that is the that is both fully human and fully divine. And we place a lot of emphasis on grace, but then that leads to things like, in, you know, original sin and human depravity. And that's, I just don't think that that's such a great thing to hold on to. You know, that, that the idea no, that there's something inherently sinful about humanity I I just can't really I get I feel like that's so much more problematic and I don't I can't I can't stay behind that, you know? Particularly because it's then used right. to place to locate the inherent sinfulness of humanity in women, in women's bodies in a story about, you know, <laughs> a woman being the source of all, like why we are kicked out of the garden. I just, right. I think all of that a needs story, to be a story. imagine. Yeah. Well, right.
0: You know, you, as you said, God redeems what is sinful in us and makes us whole. Sin is not something we are. No human being is so infected with sin that they are irredeemable. Our darkest parts, our biggest mistakes, our greatest failings, none of those things can change our fundamental isness, which is good, which is God, which is imago Deo, which is divine. And, and, and that goes for all, women and men, women and men, right? Um, all races, all creeds, um, we're all created equally, as, as it suggests, you know, in the image of God. And you know, when we come back to the two commandments, as you suggested, which is the two most powerful ones, which is to love God first and then love yourself, love your neighbor, right? Like you love yourself. It just needs to be flipped. Mm. And God is love, right? And you talk about that too. You said believe in old English means be love, it means be love. Take sacred. We could break it down. Take the first two letters, S-A, which is saw. That means woman in Abu, which is New Guinea. And then we could take creed, which is cred, and break that down further. So um, there's so much to still be unearthed and like a present. It doesn't have to be a negative, it's a positive to change and grow, to fluctuate, to, to bridge out. Uh, the world is a moving, breathing, growing forward place. So when we dig in, we don't allow to, the freedom of movement of growing forward. You wrote mm-hmm. what what we believe has the power to create our realities. So I love that you're questioning, you know, and you're putting this book out there for other people to go, wait a minute. What do I believe?
1: Well, right. What, what do my, I re- believe? What's, what's my reality? Yeah. What's my reality, right? What do I believe and why do I believe what I believe? Which, you know, a lot of people many people believe what they believe because it's what they've been taught to believe. It's what their church has taught them to believe. What I mean, we all believe what we've been taught to believe, right? That's how we learn. And many yes. strains of Christianity and many churches have really um, not allowed for or encouraged then the questioning of those beliefs. Because there's like this fear that if you question the belief, then what if you stop believing? But what if you question your belief and you come to a fuller understanding of belief or a new belief?
0: Um, yes. Yes, right? Yeah. I love that. And so there's if we take the fear away, we empower ourselves. To really. And it comes back to what you said, too, about um the power to create our own realities when we can only see so far because we haven't looked further, then there's a block. Um, to to increase the area, the circumference that we can see only allows us to make more educated and more for-our-self decisions. Um, we're mm. not just accepting programmed decisions. We've right. looked at the material. We've looked outside of us. We've held it to the light. We've held it to our heart. And we've said, this sticks, this doesn't. I think we're always gonna come back to love sticks and love is love for sticks. all, that, it, <laughs> love, that. love sticks that on a and it's for all. <laughs> <laughs> right? I was gonna, I wrote down earlier, super priest, you need to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> love does stick, right? Yeah. And it does. <laughs> you know, you, you have a quote in your book, it's in the introduction from Sonia Renee Taylor. There's a whisper mm-hmm. we keep hearing it is saying we must build in us what we want to see built in the world. What comes to your Good, mind when right? you hear that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're powerful co-creators. Yeah, I, love that quote. I co- mean, I feel right?
1: <laughs> Sorry, say that again.
0: Oh, I said we're powerful co-creators.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and It is power, and it's the power of God working in and through us. I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Yes, yes. That's hard to control, right? That's hard to institutionalize. (laughs) (laughs) The Holy Spirit, definitely.
0: <laughs> what is it that the Holy Spirit embodies? Was it air, fire, and wind, like the most destructive forces on um, or right. create or attached to that, to that power? And I've been studying the Trinity wholeheartedly in my seventh ninety-day transformation and really working with Jesus and Yeshua and and trying to really you know, as an Aquarian, get that to set in my mind so I can open it up in my cellular structure. And it's powerful, and and you wrote that on page 33. The power we are about to release is going to create some major changes, and we should not come at these changes lightly. We are also learning to recognize that this power within us comes from a power greater than us, right? That's powerful, because it's not us.
1: It's not us. It's not us alone. It's like both not us at all and completely, totally us, right? It's like the full wholeness of, yeah. of all of it. And, you know, yes. the church, I think broad, broadly speaking, has been in, we're in a, we're, we're always in a cycle, but we're, we are definitely in this approaching a death of how the church has been for a very long time. It's, you know, of course it's going it, to, it will continue to exist. It's working for some places, right? They might miss this whole death and resurrection cycle completely because it's still working well enough. Like, there are still some very thriving congregations. Um, But then in a lot of places, like, what we've done for the last 50, 100 years, like, it it isn't working anymore. And, you know, there's a – our human resistance to death is kicking in, like, force we do not want to die we do not this way of being church does not want to die and of course it doesn't but it's the only way to get to resurrection like you can't hack resurrection to avoid the death and i don't know what that's going to look (laughs) like i imagine it's going to be beautiful and terrifying but that's you know the the clergy (laughs) my sister priest and i Some of us, I think, were called to be, like, hospice chaplains. Some of these congregations, as they go through their deaths, were were called to be midwives of, like, the new ways of being church that are being birthed. And it's hard to shepherd an entire institution through massive changes like this when we're not all in the same place in the cycle. Like, some of us have died and been risen again, and we're well on our way to our, our new life and some of us are like wait a minute we are still way back here we're not we're not even ready to, to die yet but I don't envy you know my presiding bishop or his staff or all the folks who are like trying to keep us all when people are still trying to wavelength yeah some people are still trying to live it's a
0: slow and sleepy place down here you know and I I love church when I think about what I want it to be and I think that's what everybody thinks right you know when I <laughs> they wanted to be what they want and and yeah. there's like this and there, we're all so different so I think that's what's beautiful is about that there are different ways to connect and find our place in, and inside of that if everyone sticks to their circles of likeness and doesn't judge the others then it can mm. be peaceful it's when we think that we can judge others because they're not the same um, when everyone's relationship is personal and separate Um, with God unto themselves, but yet there'll be people who have likenesses together who want to go worship and pray and and get, you know, glorified. And I get excited. I mean, I've been through so many resurrections in the last seven years. I get excited about God. I get excited about spirit. I mean it's I mean I I mean i am danced with it. Yeah. It's so exciting. And 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 I think that I think if more people could find their 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 way to connect to it, they would be excited. But again, like you said, it's still kind of a, it's, we're still on the precipice of trying to find our place, especially as women to be able to yeah. come into the power of having our own personal relationship with God and, and finding our strength in that and, and, in because it is a patriarchal society, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just what it is. I, I, I believe that if we don't point fingers, we just find ways to better be together. Life has been living and changing and growing in different ways since the beginning of time. I think everyone does the best they can with the tools they have at those times. But when you look Absolutely. back, it's like, like like, you said in your book, you're like, it's time for some changes. And it doesn't mean that everything goes away, but it's can, can we have some balance, right?
1: Can right. we be exactly. lifted? Yeah, and I struggled, with that. I struggled with that as I started to do more, um, you know, like leadership training and coaching with, with uh, women who – receiving teaching and coaching with women who were – who have devoted their entire lives to, like, the resurrection of the feminine. And, you know, I, yes. I think I even say in the book something about, like, why do we – you know, why do we have to call this feminine? Like, why am I feeling – like, why am I – pushing toward labeling certain things as feminine feminine or um, the resurgence of it. And I think it's because in an effort to get back in flow or to to revisit a sense of balance, you know, what has been suppressed for so long needs to be brought back into the light. We need to restore the balance of the whole. And I think that's what we're seeing in a lot of places around the world where, you know, the, like I said, the resurgence of the feminine, like the reclamation yeah. of the feminine. it's Because it's not so we stay here and replace the patriarchy with the matriarchy. It's so we can move through this feeling and time of restoration to get to a, to a beyond place of wholeness. Yes, yes. Which again, and, I don't know and what and that's, that's going per- like, but that's where I want to go. It's,
0: it's going to look... It's going to look beautiful, and it's a perfect place for us to to end the show today. And this is why I knew we were going to um, have a three part series because we've got so much to talk about. And I wanted to just really get our conversation going before we jump into your beautiful book and then start talking about the feminine, and you know, and the balancing of the equals. You know, this is a place for us to all love and come together. This is Conscious Speaks Radio. We are about balancing the opposites. We are for the masculine and the feminine as one. Not one replacing or or blocking out the other. We both sh- we all shine brighter together. And uh, so, meet us here next week, next Thursday. We'll be carrying on uh, the art of feminine spiritual leadership. Be a badass priest and create a ministry you love. Um, and we're going to give you both Sarah SchisslerGoff.com. That's the email that you can uh, send uh, an email request to Sarah, and she will um, send you an autographed copy of her book. That's info at sarahshishlergoth.com. Once again, I'm so blessed, again, to share time and space with everyone who tuned in and late listening through podcasts. Thank you, Alternative Talk Radio, 1150 KKNW. Love wins when we choose love, and that's a circle. Love and namaste. Kelly J.
2: Sarah Schisler Goff went from considering leaving the priesthood to co-creating her dream ministry not only once, but twice. In The Art of Feminine Leadership, you learn the tools to help guide you. Do you feel like you spend more time being a professional fixer than a spiritual leader? Are you struggling to rekindle the joy in your ministry? Do you feel called to do things differently, but are not sure what that means? Do you desire to step into your power, claim your strengths, and stop apologizing for having something world-changing to say? If so, then you have been called for exactly this moment. Just as the church is undergoing a great shift, so are you. It's time to become the leader you were born to be. Pick up your copy of The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love at Amazon.com.